It's time to breathe new life into the social entrepreneur by empowering you to make a living through fulfilling work that will impact lives. You'll make money, but more importantly, you'll make a difference. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast. It's time to build a business with purpose. Now here's your host, Adam Force. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast Show. This is your host, Adam Force. And today we are going to be talking to someone unique. Uh, this is, we haven't really covered too much on uh, charities. And uh, in this case, his name is Adam Capes, and he's the president and chief uh, idea officer at a company called Getaway to Give. Um, he was in the real estate and vacation space, and he raised over $60 million uh, for an equity-based fund uh, where people uh, were able to own uh, homes that they vacation in. Um, and through this experience, he had this aha moment, right, this epiphany, where he would create a company, which is Getaway to Give, and he would help change the world's um of fundraising and vacation. So there's two things that they really focus on. And I wanted to have this discussion with Adam because he has a unique model where he uses these auctions. And I thought it might kind of inspire some of you guys to uh, get creative with how you might uh, model some of the uh, work you do for funding um, if you're a nonprofit or a charity. And you know, so he's really passionate with this company about two specific things, helping charities raise a significant amount of money and the lasting importance of the memories people get from a really meaningful vacation. So this is an interesting conversation and a bit unique uh, for a change creator. So we're going to dive into that in just a minute. Um, in other news, we have a really exciting edition of the magazine coming up. We're going to be featuring the founder of Mercy for Animals and also the president of Mercy for Animals and touching on the movement around, um, you know, the the impact of the animal movement, right? So animal rights, um, how it impacts the environment, how it impacts the world, what it means to animals and people. Um, and it's a really big space, guys. The entrepreneurial opportunities in that space is gigantic. So we're going to touch on a lot of that stuff in the next edition. That's coming out November 15th. So keep an eye out for that. And don't, don't forget, guys, our app is subscription-based, so... Once you get in there, you have access to the full library. Think of it like Netflix, and it's just it's less than a dollar a week. So you can probably find that dollar right in your couch cushions uh, with a couple quarters, um, and you're getting some of the best mentorship around the world. That was our focus: is accessibility. And in the last edition, it was our big twentieth release, right? And in that magazine, we had an interview with Richard Branson and also the president of Virgin Unite. Uh, the advice they give for change creators is absolutely incredible. You don't want to miss that. That's a very big addition for us. It's pivotal. uh, So we hope you'll check it out. All right, guys. um, Last but not least, we did launch our beta program for the Captivate course, and we kicked it off yesterday with a group of really energetic and exciting people, and it was awesome. So we started this program. This is a marketing program through the art of storytelling, and so far we're off to a great start. Now, the doors are closed for this beta program, but we are going to reopen them for the 2019 release, and we're going to start getting people in early and that'll be at a much lower rate than when we hit 2019. So keep an eye out. We're going to notify you guys that should be up in the next week or so. So you can get in on the next round. All right. We're going to get into this conversation with Adam. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Adam, welcome to the Change Creator Podcast show. How are you doing today? 
Doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate you being here. Love what you're doing with the vacations and the charities. Um, But before we dive into it, why don't you just give us a little bit of background? Tell us what you're doing before that and how you got into the uh, Get uh, Getaway to Give program. Absolutely. So I... My first uh, venture into the world of business was actually in college. I went to school at Cornell University in Ithaca, New York, and started a newspaper there um, called the Greek Globe, and then we actually changed the name to the Campus Globe to make it for the entire campus uh, as opposed to just the Greek system. Mm -hmm. We competed with the Cornell Daily Sun, which is actually the oldest daily newspaper, college daily newspaper in the country that Frank Gannett started. So I did that, then moved to Atlanta after I graduated and stayed in publishing. We launched a magazine that's still around called Jezebel, Mm -hmm. and then uh, did Equity Estates after that, which was a, I had joined a destination club. uh, So I worked for that destination club for about a year and then started Equity Estates where we had a luxury residence fund similar to a destination club, but there was ownership in the uh, portfolio of vacation homes. So we raised about $60 million and bought vacation homes. So did that um, until 2012, at which point the fund was fully subscribed. And I wanted to do something that I really wanted to start a social enterprise and something that would really make a difference in the world. And uh, so we launched Getaway to Give at that time. And uh, Getaway to Give is an all-leasing model. So we do two-year leases typically and then renew those. And uh, it allows us to scale more quickly. But our mission is to be the best in the country at helping charities and schools raise money. We've raised about $12 million so far. And have some big, hairy, audacious goals, including raising a billion dollars every 10 years for charities. I love that, and and I, I guess I really want to get into um, how do how do you select partners that you work with in terms of charities and yeah, schools? Yeah, exactly. Um, we just make sure that there's a, a good fit in that we look for organizations right now that have live auctions. Uh, in the future, we may move to doing more online, in which case we could probably help uh, most nonprofits. Um, but there's 1.5 million nonprofits in the U.S., which is just a monstrous number. I had no idea it was that large an industry before I got into this. And, uh, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of charity galas and fundraising events every year. And so that's the space that we play in. So in terms of who we partner with, we really look for organizations where we feel like we can help them move the needle in a, in a major way. And we define that as helping them raise between ten and a hundred thousand uh, dollars net to them in their live auction. Can you can you walk us through uh, how a live auction works? So why do you take that approach? How does that work? Why is it effective? Stuff like that. I'm just curious why that is um, the steps you take. Yeah. So I learned this. Uh, kind of stumbled into it at Equity Estates before we ever started Getaway to Give. Um, we could not advertise because it was a Reg D securities offering, so you couldn't do a general solicitation or do any advertising. And I had a lot of people say to me, hey, you should donate a trip to um, you know one of these big charity galas because you'll get in front of a lot of uh, high net worth individuals and you might be able to sell memberships there. So we did that. 
we were not successful selling memberships, uh, but we were successful raising a ton of money for these organizations. And typically, if we donate a, a week's stay in one of our residences, it would be the number one money getter at the event. I remember at uh, an event in New York City uh, for cancer research, we donated a week in Anguilla in a four-bedroom uh, oceanfront home that we have in Equity Estates in Anguilla. Yeah. They paired it with Delta First Class tickets. I thought it would sell for five or ten thousand dollars and raise some really good money for the charity, uh, and it sold for seventy-five thousand dollars. Wow! And then the uh, the winning bidder said, uh, "I'm going to donate it back to the charity." And the next year, they sold it for $85,000. So we raised $160,000 for cancer research with one week of, uh, of, of a stay in Anguilla. And, uh, you know, it, when something hits you in the, in, the, in the face like that, it wasn't hard for me to say, I think there's something here in terms of, you know, helping charities raise money with vacation experiences. That's really cool. So they they bought it for seventy five and decided, hey, I'm just going to donate it back, not even take the trip, and then you sold it again and doubled the money. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and these days we actually will sell what we call winners' choice packages. Mm-hmm. So we may have five different uh, two bedroom oceanfront properties, ranging from. Costa Rica to Cabo to San Diego to Belize. Yeah. And uh, so the winner can choose where they want to go. And we will sell that five times or 10 times or um, even I think we had an event recently. We sold it 25 times. Uh, so so wait, people just keep giving it back. They don't take the trip. No. What we do is the benefit. We work closely with professional benefit auctioneers. Mm. That's the man or woman on stage that is, um, you know, doing this as they they make a living and and do this. I actually didn't know that uh, prior to three years ago that that there was such a career. But um, it's really amazing what they do and the difference that they make um, for these organizations. So we we are partners with the top professional benefit auctioneers around the country. And what they'll do is, let's say um, they got the bidding up to $4,500. So they have one bidder at $4,000 and one at $4,500. They'll say, uh, you know what, let's, um, uh, will you, the person who's bidding $4,000, I'm assuming you're comfortable at $4,000. And I'm assuming if you bid $4,500, you're comfortable at $4,000. So let's sell it twice once to each of you at $4,000. And that's pretty standard, selling it twice. Mm. They call that hidden doubles or multiples. But what we'll do then is the auctioneer will say, you know what? We're going to raise a lot of money right now for this charity. Who else would like to buy one of these for $4,000? Raise your bid paddle or bid card. And, you know, in this case, 25 paddles went up and um, we we grossed $100,000 and netted tens of thousands of dollars for the charity. That's pretty cool. You know, you don't hear too much about doing live auctions. So to me, this is like really kind of, it's like going, I don't know. I feel like it's not that it's dated, but it's like you have, everything is digital, digital, digital. So that you come on here and you're talking about these live auctions and they're working really well for what you're doing. Um, So I find it really fascinating. And I'm curious how, like, can you talk a little bit then about your model 
Um, how does that work? So you have a getaway to give and you are, is that your whole model is to set up like these auctions and like, who's, who's taking the hit on offering the, um, like, is the, is the location for this trip, like getting paid? Like how's the model work? I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. So we lease the properties. So because we're, we're providing monthly guaranteed income, to a property owner, it makes sense in many cases for them to do that. They take away all the risk of having to rent it on their own or use a property management company, which could take 20 or 30%. So um, they're getting monthly guaranteed income from us that's pretty good. Yeah. But in most cases, these homeowners, you know, the average property may get rented 20 or 30 or 40% of the year. Um, if they're renting it out 70 or 80% of the year, then we're not going to be able to help them. But the vast majority of homeowners, they, you know, they may be, um, business people or doctors or attorneys or whatever they do. And their job full time is not to rent their place. So they, they kind of, a lot of people tell us that they get tired if they've got their home listed on VRBO or Airbnb or whatever, you know, they don't want to constantly be having these conversations and not knowing who's coming and um, they love the fact that we take care of their house manage it and give them a guaranteed check every month so if the property is currently getting you know 30 percent occupancy we're going to usually get that up to 70 percent or so and so that's how um you know we can make money but we're also providing a really low rate because we're, it's not a one-time thing, and, and we, we've got the property for the entire year, and we're trying to get higher occupancy. So we, we're like kind of the Costco of luxury. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're able to provide it to charities or members. We do have uh, over 400 members of G2G Collection that vacation with us, and uh, they get great rates. And the charity, you know, there's plenty of room for them. Oftentimes, um, they'll sell the trip for twice as much as the reserve, sometimes three times as much. We've had trips that are, you know, in the $3,000 range, sell for $10,000 or $15,000. So the charity makes quite a bit of money on it. Um, They have no risk, and they don't have to go out and beg their board members to donate these types of experiences. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's great. And so do you get a commission then from whatever the spend is for it? So is that how you actually make money? We make money on the difference, uh, you know, like like Costco. We buy in bulk and then we we sell in bulk and we have our markup. So um, we, you know, we lease at at a specific price and then based on our projected occupancy, we make money on what we sell um, to charities and members and uh, and that's how that's how we make money. And, and now, can charities just reach out to you and say, "Hey, I want to get involved"? Like, is there a certain genre of charities that you are really aligned to? Um, you know? No, any any uh, you know five hundred one c three. We work with schools, universities, um, all sorts of different charities, large and small. Um, generally, they need to have a uh, an event be it a gala or any type of fundraiser, where they have a live auction. Uh, we find that we can't help them raise between 10000 to 100000 if we're only in a silent auction. Um, so we, and we can help them, 
we've had organizations that haven't ever done a live auction and we hook them up with the right auctioneer we can provide you know we've got 35 different residences plus all sorts of experiences we just added uh today two experiences where you go hiking um up uh, mount everest or kilimanjaro mm. so bucket list experiences like that or staying in a castle and playing golf and in, in at st andrews in scotland or going on safari in africa we've got all sorts of amazing vacation experiences in addition to these leases that we have around the country wow. so um yeah they can just contact us and um, if, if we can really help them move the needle, we will. And if we don't think we can really make a big difference for them, we'll tell them that too. Is there anything particular that you look for? Is it just, you know, you have to basically do like a, um, an analysis of like where they stand on things and what, like what they're doing to see if it's a good fit for you guys? Yeah, there's really three critical keys to success that we've found for live auctions. Um, you've got to have the right people in the room. Obviously, that means you've got to have people that are willing to spend money. Um, you've got to have the right items for that audience. Um, and then you've got to have um, the right person delivering those items to that audience. And we believe that that's a professional benefit auctioneer where the charity uh, most organizations don't like spending money on anything, uh, and we understand that. I mean, they're in the business of, of raising money, um, but we also believe that in this world, whether you're in the for-profit or the nonprofit sector, it takes money to make money. Yeah. So we've seen the difference when people say, I'm just going to use this local um, you know, weather weatherman. He's going to do the uh, the live auction. And, you know, they're typically that's not what they are trained at and a professional at and um, or someone on the board or someone who's, you know, not being paid. Um, it's not their career and it's not what they're an expert in. And we've seen uh, professional benefit auctioneers raise literally hundreds of thousands of dollars more for organizations um, than somebody that is not a professional. And it typically will cost $2,500 to $5,000. So, you know, in the for-profit sector, you say, okay, I'm going to invest $2,500 or $5,000. And a lot of these auctioneers will even give guarantees. Like, I guarantee you I'll raise you at least this much money or at least this much money. <laughs> really? Yeah. And, and we're the same. I mean, we have no risk. Our, if our trip doesn't sell, you don't pay for it. So there's, there's no way a charity can lose money with us. But we we typically will raise ten to a hundred thousand. Our records one hundred and eighteen thousand in three minutes. Wow! So um, if you have the right audience, you know we can help with the other two, which is the right items and and the right auctioneer. Okay, so that was my next question: is where does the audience come from that's sit, sitting there and spending this kind of money? That's really up to the organization, ah, and okay. you know the organization really they need to do a good job of um building a donor base that is is wants to come out and support them of having a board that is involved and engaged and inviting their friends of having corporate sponsors that are going to bring people to the events yeah and um you know i think most organizations most nonprofits, they know this they know that that's the key whether they're able to do that or not you know that's something that we have to help assess um 
and we can give them some best practices and, and some ways to do that. But ultimately, that piece is really on them if they do have the right people in the room. Um, and it doesn't mean that if you have 300 people coming to your your fundraiser, that 300 people can all afford to spend $5,000 or more on a vacation. Yeah. It means typically that um, you know, maybe 5% or 10%. So if you've got 300 people, maybe there's 15 to 30 that can spend that kind of money on on any live auction item or yeah. uh, to just outright donate it. Does, is there ever uh, groups of people like, like, hey, you can have like four or five people on this trip or something like that, and they do groups? All the time. And that's <laughs> one of the things that we offer that um, that is pretty unique uh, out there is that all of our residences are two to five bedroom properties. So they're really for two to five couples or multiple families or a group of guys or girls or, yeah. uh, you know, multi-generational travel. Yep. So it's, it's great. You could have a table of friends at an event and they could all go in on the trip together. Uh, and that happens all the time. Very cool. Yeah, that makes sense. And I could see more people getting into it because you're right. Not everybody can say, hey, I'll, I'll spend 10 grand on a, you know, a $5,000 trip or something. So we can break it up and support the charity, get the trip, all that good stuff. And, um, you know, you talked a little bit about exploring doing something like this digitally. And, and have you touched on that at all yet? I think that's, you know, that's something we're looking very closely at. And that's that's the next area that we'll be delving into is um, how do we take what we've been able to do in live auctions and make it available 24-7, 365 to really any organization that wants to use our platform and our properties to raise money um, online. Right. Okay. Yeah, and I know in our audience, there's definitely a lot of um, nonprofit uh, business owners and things like that. And I think, you know, not only just getting the funding, um, this as a revenue channel for funding is one thing, but, you know, there's also an awareness factor. You know, you got someone out there, people are talking about what you uh, did. Do you guys like, I guess, promote the charities at all? Or is it strictly about the trip? I guess maybe I was confusing that. But um, is there any kind of awareness play, almost like a marketing play for the charity at the same time that's happening? Well, yeah, they use our, our properties uh, to actually help get the right people in the room. So if everyone knows that they can come to this event and bid on a private island in Belize or um, going to London and staying in a two-bedroom penthouse and taking their kids to see where Harry Potter, all the all eight films were, were made at the Warner Brothers Studios outside of London there, you know, those sorts of experiences actually can be a big draw to get people to come to the event uh, because people you say, hey, this is something that you can only get at a charity event like this, and, and we want to support this cause anyway, so right. it's a reason to attend. So I think they use it that way. Um, we're not really in, in the business of um, marketing and promoting these charities before their events to help them bring people to it, but we do um, what we can on our website and, and do what we can to let you know, to create awareness for um, our partners. We have you know over a thousand charities that we work with, so there's a lot. Um, and again, large wow. and small, but, but a thousand is, is really just scratching the surface because there's, 
hundreds of thousands of events every year. Right, right. Wow, that's pretty cool. I mean, I guess there's just a byproduct. I mean, it's like when you invest in this auction, people there, I guess, obviously understand that they're supporting a charity. So, um, you know, I guess I guess it's just not, um, like you said, it's not your business to promote before the fact, but um, I still think there's a, some interesting value there. And I would love to see it go digital because I can see – I could see, uh, obviously, it's a very different dynamic, right? When you have people in person and you're doing the auction. So I wonder if you can create the same energy and excitement, you know, digitally. And that kind of opens the doors for a whole other marketing play as well, I think, which could just add another layer of added value to these charities, um, which could be pretty cool. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think if we can create some really unique offerings that you can't get anywhere else and have you know countdown clocks and deadlines where um you have to book the spot goes away after uh two weeks or something like that then you we could we can create that's probably our best um way to create that kind of energy or come close to it i i think it'll be hard there's nothing like having a room full of people that are bidding and excited about a trip and and want to make a difference for the organization yeah. uh, at the same time you know having them all in a room it's hard to duplicate that online but i think the advantage of online is you don't have the time factor um, and you can go to literally millions of people as opposed to a few hundred yeah i think so and i think there could be a lot of benefit um for you guys digitally just kind of building your audience and stuff. I mean, you have a little bit of a different model than, you know, a traditional e-commerce type business, but you are selling something in a sense and creating these interesting partnerships and supporting these charities. Uh, I'm, I would be excited to see how you approach this um, digitally. So I guess, you know, I, I always like to ask what you have in store for the next year, um, you know, in this case with get, uh, Getaway to Give. And I'm curious, you know, is this something you plan on tackling in the next year or is this a little further down the road? Uh, no, it's something we're looking at in the next year. So I'll definitely let you know as, as things progress there. Yeah, yeah. And what has been some of the bigger challenges? I mean, this is an interesting model. Actually, I've never I've never talked to anybody with a model like this. So it is really interesting. And I'm curious um, what some of your biggest challenges have been in, you know, putting it together. Yeah, well, uh, we're dealing with... Um, an industry that's been around since uh, longer than this country has. Yeah. Uh, the nonprofit sector really started with the Puritans coming over, um, uh, you know, hundreds of years ago, and uh, and wanting to to give as kind of penance for um, their capitalistic nature. So it's been around a long time, and because of that, it's there's some very deep seated beliefs that I don't think make a lot of sense in today's world. Um, among those is, you know, making, uh, investing, kind of it takes money to make money. And uh, I, I think, uh, so we're fighting an uphill battle there because a lot of organizations don't want to pay for professional benefit auctioneers. They don't want to have any expenses. They just want donated items. Yeah. And we understand that and we're all for getting donated items. But again and again and again, we've seen 
um, our ability to come in and dramatically increase the amount of money that they raise. So, you know, that's a challenge for us. Selling so, uh, auctioneers are not used to selling things more than once or twice. So, selling them, you know, ten times or twenty-five times <laughs> is, you know, is not some. We're we're um, forging new ground here and yeah. and, uh, and going into new territory that's not common in the nonprofit industry. So, you know, that's hard and that we know that takes time and people want to see uh, success stories and case studies. So, um, you know, we're early on in this thing, but we're, we're starting to, to really make a nice little dent and help these organizations uh, raise a significant amount of money that they wouldn't otherwise have. And really what we're doing is we're taking people's travel budgets and we're shifting a little bit of it over into their philanthropy budget or their giving budget. Because I don't think most people are normally making that choice. They're not saying, uh, hey, you know, this year we're either going to go on this vacation or we're just going to write a check to this charity. Right. It's They're not deciding between those two things. Right. So um, this is a way of taking some of that money that they would have normally just spent in their vacation budget and moving it over in, in, into – uh, the coffers of uh, a charity organization that wouldn't get that money otherwise. Right, right. No, I think it's really cool. And um, I love that you're supporting these charities. I mean, they give immediate uh, support for important causes. And, um, you know, we need that uh, too. So one of the things you mentioned um, or that is listed as an interesting topic to chat about, is, and I'd I like to hear your thoughts on this, is why, the, I mean, I know why vacations do well for something like this. I mean, who doesn't want a good vacation? But why is the, why does the rest of the world um, do vacations better than the U.S.? I would like to hear your commentary on that. Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I, I think that, I, I don't know as much that they do them better but they certainly do them more, right? In in Europe, for example, uh, many countries, it's very commonplace to take six weeks of holiday a year. And that's like a foreign notion in this country. Like the number is typically two weeks of vacation, if that. Um, so, and, and a lot of times Americans have two weeks of vacation, but they won't take them. So I, I think that... Um, I think that a lot of for a lot of Americans, it's kind of uh, they look at school breaks as the time to travel. So it's like Christmas, New Year's, spring break, right? Maybe or the the you know and over the summer some are the big times, um, and they think about family vacations. And what we try and get people to do is is think bigger than that. So think about doing. Um, a father-son or a mother-daughter or a father-daughter, mother-son, you know, those types of vacations are incredibly meaningful. And the bonding that you can have with, uh, especially if you have more than one child, um, you know, on a family vacation, it's just not the same as going on that trip with just with mom or just with dad. So um, that can be incredibly important and, and fulfilling and meaningful. Um, going with other couples, guys' trips, girls' trips, um, multi-generational travel, all of these are great uh, vacations 
to go on. Yeah. I go on a trip every couple of years. It's coming up here for me next month with um, about 10 friends of mine from high school and some of their spouses. Okay. And, That's cool. And we stay in three uh, different properties that are right next to each other, uh, different homes. And we have a blast. And there's just, you know, I don't think that most Americans think about those sort of options uh, when they vacation. And we try and make it, you know, we certainly make it a lot easier to do vacations like that. But even just going on a trip with your son or daughter, um, you know, I, I, I would encourage people whether they're a member of a destination club or not, to go do that because um, that trip every year will could be life changing for them and their child. Yeah, absolutely, I hundred percent agree, and I think travel is just a really important thing for especially kids, but for anybody just to get out and about and see the world. So um, as we close up here, I know we touched a little bit on some of this stuff, but my, I have, I do have some, uh, a fair amount of people who run nonprofits who listen to this program um, and charities, more nonprofits than uh, strict charities. But I'm curious if they were going to get involved and connect with you and see if it's something that they can collaborate with you on. Um, you know, what, what do you look for so they know? And then if you can give yourself a shout out, how do they connect with you? Sure. Um, so a- anybody that thinks that they have an event uh, where any of our trips could help them raise money um, can definitely connect with us. Our website is a good place to start mm-hmm. and they can connect with us there. It's uh, getaway to the number two give.com um they can also email me at adam.capes c-a-p-e-s at getaway to give.com uh and they can um call me actually if they want to just reach out directly um my cell is 678-637-6980 and uh they're certainly welcome to reach out to me directly if i can uh, assist them at all and I would say anybody who has an organization or is on the board of an organization that, that we might be able to help move the needle for at their event or any individuals that want to um, take better vacations and more vacations, maybe like the rest of the world, as you said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I love it. All right, great. Well, listen, appreciate you sharing your story and uh, the work that you're doing to support charities and get people on more vacations. Um, it's a, a, two good things that the world can use uh, more of. So we love that. Um, listen, appreciate your time then. And uh, we will be in touch. Sounds great. Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Bye-bye. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the change creator revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time where money and meaning intersect right here at the Change Creator Podcast. 